Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the Old Testament... The selection and preparation of the Passover lamb was of great importance. Exodus tells us that after selecting the top lamb from the flock, the one without any blemish or imperfection, still that lamb would undergo a rigorous inspection during the four days prior to being offered up on the day of Passover. As New Testament believers, we know that Jesus fulfills the type of the Passover lamb, the real lamb of God, who was offered up on the day of Passover for our sins. But do we realize that in the four days prior to his being crucified, he too was examined, tested, and inspected by both the religious leaders as well as the leaders of the worldly government. In every way, this wonderful one passed the testing and was uniquely qualified to be the real Lamb of God. James Lee is with us today, and uh, James, we come to the second half of uh, chapter 12 of Mark. Very interesting to see this matter of the four days of testing matching the same period that was devoted to the examination of the Passover lamb in the Old Testament type. And now we've seen about three cases already where the Lord was examined by the Sanhedrin, which is the chief priests, scribes, and elders, the Pharisees, and the Herodians. And in every case, he passed the test, doesn't he? Yes. I think this is another real confirmation to us the Bible is the Word of God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just can never get over this. Who could write such a book? Uh, in the Old Testament, there was this type of the Passover lamb needing to be uh, examined and uh, tested. And here it is, you know, Christ as the true, genuine Lamb of God being tested for those four days, for in these four occasions, and from every angle. And just to prove that he is without sin, he is pure, he is indeed the Lamb of God, ready to be sacrificed for man's sins. He is qualified. He is worthy. He is tested. You know, every time I come to this portion, I just can never stop amazing. This is really the Word of God. Today we come to uh, another kind of test, a part of this four days of examination prior to the Lord being offered up. As I said, we're in the second half of Mark chapter 12. I'm going to start reading here at verse 28. And one of the scribes approached and heard them disputing and perceiving that he answered them well. He questioned him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God from your whole heart and from your whole soul and from your whole mind and from your whole strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. In truth you have said that he is one, and there is not another besides him. And to love him from the whole heart and from the whole understanding and from the whole strength, and to love one's neighbor as himself, is much more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus, 
seeing that he answered intelligently, said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to question him any more. James, we've come through question after question in these last uh, few programs, mm-hmm. all designed to trap him, to trick him. Here seems to be a somewhat genuine uh, one who had some genuine knowledge and uh, honestly, perhaps a real seeking displayed in this way. one, right? Yes. A little different case, but still a, a kind of an examination or a test for the Lord. Right. He seemed to have uh, a genuine question in his mind to ask the Lord about this. And the Lord took this opportunity to, uh, of course, not only to answer his question, but to reveal something that is quite crucial in God's plan. So I think this question is wonderful as a final test after all those previous three questionings and testing, now in this final test, the Lord finally wanted to show this man who he really was mm-hmm. and what God's plan really focuses on. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll get a chance to come back and have uh, more time, James. That was the time of the Feast of the Passover. Uh, nearly all the people were there to uh, participate in the Feast of Passover. And especially that day, after the Lord Jesus did that thing to cleanse the temple, that stirred up the attention of all the people. So not only the Pharisees, the Herodians were there, even the Sadducees were there. And they saw, they saw all the senators, uh, the members of the Sanhedrin, the high priests, the scribes, the elders, got defeated. They all got defeated. Then a single scribe came up. Matthew says he was a lawyer. He knew the law to the uttermost. He came. He was bold. He said, teacher, please tell us, which of the commandment is the biggest? Well, right away the Lord took the chance to tell him, love your God, the Lord, with all your heart. And the Lord's words was, from your whole heart, from your whole mind, from your whole soul, and from your whole strength. That means your spirit, your soul, and your body all have to be exhausted to love him to such a way. And the next is that you have loved your neighbor as yourself. These two are the greatest commandments. It is altogether a matter of love, both to our God and to our man. So she stopped all the questions. Then the Lord counter asked, You tell me why you say, especially you scribes who know the Old Testament, say, that Christ is the son of David. Yet David himself, in Psalm 110, and verse 1, said in the Holy Spirit that Jehovah said to my Lord, that means to Messiah, sit at my right hand, and I will make all your enemies your footstool. Then the Lord Jesus asked, Messiah is the son of David. Then how David call him his Lord? And this indicated that the Lord Jesus taught them, you only know Messiah as a man. You never realize that Messiah 
is also God Himself. He is a God man. I am the very God, the Lord, whom David called. You don't realize this. This is Christ. This one question muzzled them. No one didn't know how to answer. But never forget his closer followers. Peter, John, James, standing there, listening to this kind of question, seeing the situation, what impression they have received. James, the Lord has successfully handled every one of these tough questions. He has silenced them all, and now he has a question for them. Right. And in his question, the light that is there is, is really marvelous, isn't it? Yes. How is it that David in spirit calls him Lord? Talk about this question a little bit and what's implied here. Well, you know, while the other people try to question him from the angle of religion, politics, and even Bible, the Lord brought all those questions, brought to the question of all questions, which is concerning himself. So Psalm 110 basically addresses, reveals who this Lord is, who is just the Lord Jesus himself. Actually, he is not just a man. He is God himself. So he is the center of God's plan, of God's economy. God is not so much concerned about politics, about religion, about this Bible verse, that Bible interpretation. God's concern is altogether about this person, this Messiah, who is both God and man. This is the one whom we should love with our spirit, our soul, and our body, with our whole being. This is what matters in our Christian life. Is not what we know about the scripture interpretation, what it means, and what politics says, and what uh, tradition tells us. Mm. It's all about this person. So by the Lord's quotation of this uh, short verse from the Old Testament, he brought this man back to this central focus of God's plan, which is altogether on this person, who is both God and man. Of course, the scribes, knowing the letter of the Old Testament, uh, relied on this portion that indicates that the Messiah, the Christ, would yeah. be the son of David. Right. Therefore, they saw he was a man. That's They're right. waiting for one who is a man. Mm-hmm. But the Lord says to them, then how does David in spirit, speaking by the spirit, right. call him Lord? Lord right. That means they missed completely that not only was he man, but he was also God. He That's was right. the God man. So in a sense, he's revealing himself, isn't he, here as as the one they had missed. That's right. And uh, it seems to me, on one hand, he's answering all of these uh, ones who are testing and questioning him, but Mm -hmm. really he's doing all of this in the presence of the disciples. Yes. He's really, this is a part of their advanced training, I I have to believe. That's right. I mean, just like he was bringing through his disciples through all those processes we've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, his cleansing, his healing, his uh, classing out demons. And now he, in this conversation, he is very much aware of uh, the presence of his disciples, that he really desired that his disciples would see this. And to be really be impressed that in God's purpose, in God's plan, only Christ is what matters, not other religion and things. James, you just, you know, have so um, well laid out the central item of not only this message, but of 
the ministry of the Bible itself, of God's heart's desire, of his eternal purpose, and it's really the, the very thing we want to talk about in this coming section. What is at the center of our Bible knowledge? What's at the center of our scriptural teaching, our interpretation, our understanding? Right. I want to add a few verses here uh, before we join Witness Lee. I'm at verse 38, which just follows this exchange where the Lord has uh, unveiled himself in such a marvelous way. And in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and chief priests in the synagogues and places of honor at the dinners who devour the widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater judgment. So the Lord is uh, really putting the spotlight now on religious hypocrisy. Right. But uh, what is revealed as the real item, as the central item, is what we want to see in this coming portion. Here's Witness Lee. Then, right in that place, and I believe still was under the same roof, he charged them, beware of the scraps. Beware of them. You know, before this time, when they were still in Galilee, the teacher charged the disciples, to beware of Pharisees' leaven and beware of Herodians' leaven. And here he says, beware of the scribes. With the Pharisees, the leaven was their hypocrisy. And with the Herodians, the leaven was their injustice in politics. Now with the scribe, what is this? The vain knowledge of the Bible. Beware of the theologians. Beware of the vain teachers teaching you vain doctrines. They know the doctrine. They know theology. They know. Actually, they don't know Christ. We may be today's scraps. We may teach people the right teaching, but empty. Why it is empty? No Christ. They didn't have the light concerning Christ. They didn't have the realization of this God-man. I just say something strongly to you. You must discern any message, any teaching, whether Christ is there as the center, as the reality, as the living essence or not. Learned people with born eloquence can always present some doctrine to people. But we have to discern Is there Christ as the center, as the reality, as the living essence of that message or not? If not, that is empty. Beware of that. Today, this is the essential measure for us to discern all kinds of teachings. All the teachings must be with Christ, the living one as the essence, the center, the reality of every message. I say this to myself, I say it to all of you. James, the Pharisees were really those who were just completely wrapped up with religious hypocrisy. The the Herodians, as we saw before, as he just pointed out, they were saturated with politics and corrupt politics at that Now we have the scribes, a lot of knowledge, a lot of biblical knowledge, Mm. but no light. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the situation today in on the religious scene, I mean, it, I think we have to be fair. There's all kinds of teachings. There's all kinds of interpretations. There's all kinds of schools of thought and of theology and this and that. That's right. But he has just given us here, it seems to me, something we should sow deeply in our being. We have a measure, don't we? We have a standard through which we must discern all of the uh, things that are out there on the religious landscape today. Really true. I feel it's very meaningful that after the Lord brought out the uh, intrinsic meaning of Psalm 110 and that verse about himself being the unique focus of God's economy, what matters to God is really this person. And here, then he followed by exposing the futility, the vanity, the emptiness of uh, just head knowledge of the Bible, missing the mark. And uh, unfortunately, this is being seen in the religious environment today. And sometimes if we are not careful, we also find ourselves in that state in coming to read the Bible or perform some scripture reading, some Bible study, and maybe missing the mark of coming to the Lord. This kind of brought to mind of the Lord's word in John chapter 5. Uh, I believe he spoke to the Pharisees that he said, you search the scriptures because you think that there is eternal life in it, but you would not come to me that you may have life. Life is contained in this person, Christ. This Christ is what this Bible, this scripture wants to reveal to us. And yet we may come to this Bible, the scripture, apart from Christ, and we are not going to get life that way. And we may get a head full of knowledge about this and that, about all the historical events, about some doctrinal interpretation of this doctrine or that doctrine. But sometimes, unfortunately, we may even go to the extent of uh, fighting and arguing with one another about these doctrinal issues and missing the person of Christ altogether. So just to have a doctrinal knowledge means nothing. As far as God's purpose is concerned, the Bible is for helping us to come to Christ, to know Christ, to gain Christ. And um, this is so crucial to us. And this is really as a warning to myself and to all seeking Christians. When we come to study the Word, read some kind of ministry, uh, we always have to be very exercised, not to be distracted from the central focus, which is Christ himself. As we sit uh, under uh, various ministries, you know, listening to this kind of message, that kind of message, uh, really we have a kind of a sense within James uh, I'm being brought to Christ. I I, yes. I am having Christ ministered to me. I My love for him, my desire for him, my appetite for him is increasing. Yes. Or we have another kind of sensation. That's right. I'm learning some things. As you said, I may be getting some uh, historical knowledge. Uh, not that that's bad. Or, or, or maybe I'm getting stirred up to get politically involved with this cause or that one. Really, the Lord is so desperate today that's for those right. who will lay everything aside and just run after this one. Really so. That needs to be our case. He is the center. He is the focus. And as you said, in our own lives, many, many times, uh, he loses that position. Then we're the ones that need to have this kind of warning word spoken. Yeah. And even as Witness Lee was trying to encourage us, even in our Christian life, we should try to discern uh, when we are uh, hearing a certain ministry, listening to a certain ministry, is Christ the essence or is just that person's eloquence or his knowledge? And, uh, you know, this makes a big difference. So it's not just a matter of it's not sinful, it's not evil. Uh, that's not good enough as far as God's plan is concerned. Is there the essence of Christ? That's what matters.
James, this uh, chapter uh, concludes with uh, just a few short verses and a marvelous story now that I think will have a lot more meaning and impact. At verse 41, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched how the crowd cast money into the treasury, and many rich people cast in much. And one poor widow came and cast in two lepta, which is a quadrants. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has cast in more than all those who were casting into the treasury, for they all cast in out of their surplus, but she out of her lack has cast in all that she had her whole living. Here's one who wasted herself on this central living essence. Here's uh, Witness Lee again. This chapter keeps going on to tell us a story that this wonderful person, he sat down by the treasury, that is offering box. He went to the offering box and sat by there and watching over all the people putting in their offerings. A lot of rich men, they put in a lot. But their putting in didn't touch the Lord's heart. One provado only put in two small coins. I tell you, the Lord Jesus was touched. He admired that. He did two things. Number one, he told his disciples, beware of the vain, empty, strapped teachings. Number two, you have to realize people's inward reality. Don't look into the situation among God's people according to outward doing. But you have to look into the inward situation of God's people. Don't be a scribe, but be a poor widow. The scribe is a symbol of the speakers among the Lord's people, speaking vanity. But the poor widow was a symbol of the inner reality. We all have to say, I like to be such a real poor widow. I don't like to be that empty, vain scrap. Hallelujah. Well, James, it's uh, not likely that that poor widow had her name inscribed on a plaque oh, no. <laughs> inside the uh, temple, but she did get a spot in the Lord's heart. Absolutely. This should be our goal. That's right. This little story, uh, I was really touched from Ridnessly speaking, that uh, it's not the dollars and cents that what matters <laughs> to God. The Lord is really looking at the heart. And, um, you know, it's so easy for us as human beings to pay attention to the outward things, to how things look, to our appearance, to our eloquence, to our knowledge, to how we formulate the doctrines and so forth. But God looks at our heart. If our heart is just for us to be proud, for us to be somebody, for us to gain some kind of recognition, that means nothing. That is just like being exposed as the empty and vain and scribe. Mm-hmm. And God looks at this poor widow. She has so little. Why did she put in two small coins? Because of her heart. She loved the Lord. And she, no, maybe, maybe those two coins didn't add too much to the offering box, but her heart surely touched the Lord. And that reminds me of Matthew chapter 5, where the Lord says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That means in their spirit, there's no other occupation, no other 
desires except just to touch the Lord, just to love Him, just to care for Him. And in the Lord's eyes, blessed are such persons, poor in spirit mm. and also pure in heart. Right. And um, so when we are genuinely seeking Christ, we are not so much paying attention to the outward appearance as opposed to the inward condition of a heart that is aiming toward the Lord. Sometimes in these uh, programs, in these messages, James, uh, we get a lot of light, a lot is revealed, a lot we didn't see. Other times uh, we get recalibrated. I kind of feel that way today. It's so easy to be occupied, to be uh, drawn off by the outward things. Right. The following, the trappings, you know, the recognition, etc., etc. Right. But uh, the Lord is so faithful in His Word and in His uh, daily contact with us right. to strip away all those things and again recalibrate us. That's right. That He would really be our center. That's right. Really good to have you. Thank you. We hope you'll contact us. We'd like to. Uh, Uh, help you receive the printed life study messages the other things that we have available at living stream we have a toll-free number for you to call it's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY that's 888-543-3788 and we invite you to join us again for our next program for james lee i'm chris wilde thanks for listening today Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.